Hello, dear listeners. Teacher Sam here with another episode of You, Me, and Words, a place where we can learn English together, improve, uh, practice our pronunciation, and all that great stuff. This is season six, episode five, and I want to make it very clear already at the beginning here. In tonight's episode, I'm going to continue to read Charlotte's Web. Why? Because we are almost done with the book, and several listeners, several students have emailed me, messaged me, and asked me, when, when are we going to finish this book? So I'm very excited to get to the finishing line with you guys. And so that's what we're going to do. Please remember, I do not own any rights to this book, Charlotte's Web. I'm just reading it to you guys. I'm just sharing it with you all, as it is one of my favorite English books ever. I think it's a really... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I think it's a very important thing to introduce English students, English learners to book reading. Uh, you know, I know that it, it's really tough for us sometimes to kind of get into a book because there are so many new words and pronunciation and this, that, and the other that we have to be concerned about. But I think it's important to go through the process because reading is necessary, especially reading of good books is very necessary. I actually already have an idea of our next book that we're going to read together. But like I said, let's finish this one first. So get ready, guys. Have your notebooks out. Have your pen and a highlighter out. And oh, have your books out, of course, your Charlotte's Web books, and let's get started with the reading. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Chapter 17, The Cool of the Evening. In the cool of the evening, when shadows darkened the fairgrounds, Templeton crept from the crate and looked around. Wilbur lay asleep in the straw. Charlotte was building a web. Templeton's keen nose detected many fine smells in the air. The rat was hungry and thirsty. He decided to go exploring. Without saying anything to anybody, he started off. Bring me back a word, Charlotte called after him. I shall be waiting I shall be writing tonight for the last time. The rat mumbled something to himself and disappeared into the shadows. He did not like being treated like a messenger boy. After the heat of the day, the evening came as a welcome relief to all. The Ferris wheel was lighted now. It went round and round in the sky and seemed twice as high as by day. There were lights on the midway, 
and you could hear the crackle of the gambling machines and the music of the merry-go-round and the voice of the man in the Beano booth calling numbers. The children felt refreshed after after their nap. Fern met her friend Henry Fussy, and he invited her to ride with him in the Ferris wheel. He even bought a ticket for her so it didn't cost her anything. When Mrs. Arable happened to look up into the starry sky and saw her little daughter sitting with Henry Fussy and going higher and higher into the air and saw how happy Fern looked, she just shook her head. My, my, she said, Henry Fussy, think of You should really pay attention to this part here. Uh, we we see Fern, and she is actually doing basically teenager things. In other words, she is becoming older. She's growing up. And the fact that the writer of this book is mentioning that in this chapter, that's not a coincidence. That's a writing strategy. He is reminding us about this precious cycle of life right? Everything has a beginning, everything has an end, right? A book has a beginning, a book has an end. Well, when we first started reading this book, Fern was a little girl. She was a little girl. She loved being at the farm. She loved playing with the animals. But you can see now that she is also developing new interests, right? She's doing things that kids her age normally do. Templeton kept out of sight. In the tall grass behind a cattle barn, he found a folded newspaper. Inside it were leftovers from somebody's lunch. A deviled ham, no, a deviled ham sandwich, a piece of Swiss cheese, part of a hard-boiled egg, and the core of a wormy apple. The rat crawled in and ate everything. Then he tore a word out of the paper, rolled it up, and started back to Wilbur's pen. Charlotte had her web almost finished when Templeton returned, carrying the newspaper clipping. She had left the space in the middle of the web. At this hour, no people were around the pig pen, so the rat and the spider and the pig were by themselves. I hope you brought a good one, Charlotte said. It is the last word I shall ever write. Here, said Templeton, unrolling the paper. What does it say? asked Charlotte. You'll have to read it for me. It says, humble, replied the rat. Humble, said Charlotte. Humble has two meanings. It means not proud, and it means near the ground. That's Wilbur all over. He's not proud, and he's near the ground. Well, I hope you're satisfied, sneered the rat. I'm not going to spend all my time fetching and carrying. I came to this fair to enjoy myself, not to deliver papers. You've been very helpful, Charlotte said. Run along if you want to see more of the fair. The rat grinned. I'm going to make a night of it, he said. The old sheep was right. This fair is a rat's paradise. What eating and what drinking? 
And everywhere good hiding and good hunting. Bye-bye, my humble Wilbur. Fare the well, Charlotte, you old schemer. This will be a night to remember in a rat's life. He vanished into the shadows. Charlotte went back to her work. It was quite dark now. In the distance, fireworks began going off. Rockets scattering fiery balls in the sky. By the time the Arables and the Zuckermans and Lurvy returned from the grandstand, Charlotte had finished her web. The word humble was woven neatly in the center. Nobody noticed it in the darkness. Everyone was tired and happy. Let's stop here for a second. Please remember, at this point of the story, Charlotte the spider is doing everything she can to help save Wilbur's life. Wilbur is the pig, remember. But, but what do you mean, save his life? Well, remember, he is a pig. He lives on a farm. And, and what do usually farmers do when it gets closer to Christmas? They usually kill pigs so that they can make ham for Christmas. So all this time, all these pages... Charlotte, the spider, has been trying really, really hard to help Wilbur. She doesn't want him to die. She doesn't want him to get killed. And so there's something very interesting that Charlotte says here on page 140. She says, it is the last word I shall ever write, which means what? It is the last word that she's ever going to write. And this is kind of a hint from the writer. What do you mean, a hint? It's kind of an idea coming from the writer, which is something big is going to happen here, but we don't know exactly what. And it's also very interesting that the last word that she's going to write here is the word humble, humble, right? The, the adjective humble. What does it mean when people are humble? People are down to earth. People are not arrogant. People are not egotistic, right? So, so it's, a, it's a good adjective. For sure, it's a good adjective. But I think sometimes for us human beings, it's, it's really difficult to stay humble and remain humble and be humble, right? So I think that those are two things that you really need to remember here. You know, she's saying this is the last word she'll ever write. And also, she, the writer has chosen the word humble. That's really interesting. It's like sending us a message, us, the readers, right? Right? So let me continue here. Fern and Avery climbed into the truck and lay down. They pulled the Indian blanket over them. Larvy gave Wilbur a forkful of fresh straw. Mr. Arable patted him. Time for us to go home, he said to the pig. See you tomorrow. The grown-ups climbed slowly into the truck and Wilbur heard the engine start and then heard the truck moving away in low speed. He would have felt lonely and homesick had Charlotte not been with him. 
he never felt lonely when she was near. In the distance, he could still hear the music of the merry-go-round. As he was dropping off to sleep, he spoke to Charlotte. Sing me that song again about the dunk and the dark, he begged. Not tonight, she said in a low voice. I'm too tired. Her voice didn't seem to come from the web. Where are you? asked Wilbur. I can't see you. Are you on your web? I'm back here, she answered. Up in this back corner. Oh, by the way, guys, I'm sorry. This might make me cry. It always makes me cry. This part always makes me cry, but I'll try my best not to cry this time. Why aren't you on the web? Asked Wilbur. You almost never leave your web. I've left it tonight, she said. Wilbur closed his eyes. Charlotte, he said. After a while, do you really think Zuckerman will let me live and not kill me when the cold weather comes? Do you really think so? Of course, said Charlotte. You are a famous pig and you are a good pig. Tomorrow you will probably win a prize. The whole world will hear about you. Zuckerman will be proud and happy to own such a pig. You have nothing to fear. Wilbur, nothing to worry about. Maybe you'll live forever. Who knows? And now, go to sleep. I told you guys I'm going to cry. <laughs> For a while, there was no sound. Then, Wilbur's voice. What are you doing up there, Charlotte? Oh, making something, she said making something as usual. Is it something for me? asked Wilbur. No, said Charlotte. It's something for me, for a change. Please tell me what it is, begged Wilbur. I'll tell you in the morning, she said. When the first light comes into the sky and the sparrows stir and the cows rattle their chains, when the rooster crows and the stars fade, when early cars whisper along the highway, you look up here and I'll show you something. I will show you my masterpiece. Before she finished the sentence, Wilbur was asleep. She could tell by the sound of his breathing that he was sleeping peacefully, deep in the straw. Miles away at the arable's house, the men sat, sat around the kitchen table eating a dish of canned peaches and talking over the events of the day. Upstairs, Avery was already in bed and asleep. Mrs. Arable was tucking Fern into bed. Did you have a good time at the fair, she asked, and she kissed her daughter. Fern nodded. I had the best time I have ever had anywhere or any time in all of my whole life. Well, said Mrs. Arable, isn't that... Nice. And that's the end of the chapter. A lot is going on in this specific chapter. Something big is happening to Charlotte. We don't know exactly what. Something big is happening. She might be going through a difficult time. But even in her most difficult times, she still cares about her dear friend Wilbur. She wants him to be well. She wants him to be taken care of. She wants him to survive. And so a lot is going on. 
Wilbur represents a very unique friend in the story, but he also represents kind of a naive friend, right? So he can tell that something is going on with Charlotte, but he doesn't exactly know what it is. And so I'm, I'm going to leave you guys with these thoughts. Think about this chapter. Listen to it again. Follow it in the book. And also notice that when Mrs. Arable asked Fern if she's had a good time at the ferry, at the fair, excuse me, she says, yes, I've had the best, best time of my life. So again, Fern is growing up. She's becoming a teenager, and I think she might like this boy that she was um, sharing this, ah, what's the word I'm looking for, that she was, you know, sharing the, the rides with and so on, right? So, yeah, let's leave it here, and then we'll pick up you know what? I almost feel like I should read it again, maybe on Friday or Saturday, just because I'm so curious to kind of see what happens at the end. And I think that you guys are curious as well, because we're almost at the end of the book. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. And I hope that you are enjoying this book just as much as I am. I will be back very soon. Thank you.